Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Hey, before I get in my message today, I kind of want to share something that I'm really excited about. Uh, As some of you guys know, I I am a father of a special needs child, and special needs families have been such a big thing in my heart, and I've always wanted to kind of bridge that gap between our church and the Sybil Hop and other special needs programs. And so there's actually a thing coming out that it, it started in Denver, and it's called, can we put that slide up real quick? It's called All Stars. And what it is, is it's a faith-based respite program that we'd like to start try, to try to do once a month, if not every other month. And so what it would be, is we're going to start on January 23, 6 to 9. And what this is, is it's for special needs families to drop off their special needs child, eight years old, like up to an adult. And they get to be a part of just doing some games, some karaoke, and then they get to like get a uh, message and worship, and it's great. Now, here's a great thing about it is, is we want to do a one-on-one kind of buddy program with it, so with every volunteer we get is every special needs child we can invite to this. And so, with that being said, I have two QR codes, hopefully you can see them. The one on the left is, I want to volunteer. Like, I want to help, I want to be a part of this, I, I want to sign up. I'd love for you to scan that. Now, if you're under 16, you'd have to be accompanied by an adult, but anyone over 16, you can volunteer here, you can fill this out, we'd love to get you processed. The other thing is, you're going like, I don't know if I want to, I want to support, but I don't know if I want to volunteer. We'd love your support because uh, one of the things that we need to have open is our sensory room, which I've been talking about. And we found out through this program that there's some things missing. And so if you scan this QR code, it, it takes you to an Amazon wish list where you can just go and it sends it to the church and we can get that sensory room going, not just for this program, but for things that are going to be happening on Sundays. So I'd love for you guys to be a part of this. We're going to have more information on the website, on our pages and all that stuff. So let me get into my message now. Yeah, that's, no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. If you don't have a traditional Bible and you'd like to use one, just raise your hand and we'd love to bring you one that you can either borrow or keep. It's our gift to you. If, you're, if you have the U version or the Bible app, you can go there and all of the notes and all the scriptures except for pictures will be on there. If you're watching online, you're at home uh, with some of your friends for uh, family for Thanksgiving. Welcome. We're glad you're here. I'm glad you guys are here. And I'm really excited to be a part of this series that we are doing called iMessage. So last week, Pastor Sean talked about how he would rather text than talk. And I thought that was funny because he's older than me. Not a lot older than me, but you know, he's older. But I feel like I'm the opposite. I'd rather talk than text. Like, I like talking on the phone to the point where if I call you and you send me the voicemail and then you text me and say, can't talk, but I can text, there's a part of me that goes, I don't want to do that. I'll just wait. But I'll, sometimes I will text, but a lot of times I'll say, hey, just call me when you're free. Because I just like to talk. I, I, like, I like the way that like, you, the, you sound. The, sometimes nothing can be misconstrued. The inflections are good. I just, I like it, but I think the reason I like it is I'm going to be honest, I'm not the best texter. Like, 
I actually had to, I, I text too fast. And I really, I actually developed this thing I call TRS. Text, read, send. Because a lot of times I do TS. I just text and send and I'm like, why did you send that? That's, you're, you're dumb. And, and I just, I do that. And, and, and actually there was a conversation, I was young. I was young when this happened, okay? I just want to put that out there. This didn't happen last week with my wife. This happened when I was younger. But I had this text conversation. It still kind of bothers me. I was dating a girl. I think we were only dating for like two weeks. And I was asking about our weekend plans and stuff like that. And she was like, she was doing this. And, 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 and so we did. Is we, this isn't the real conversation. Like, I didn't save this like a weirdo. I recreated this. So we're going to put it up. So her response was, okay, I'll see you later. Normal response. But I came back and did this response. I love you. Ho, oh, oh. ho. Okay, let me explain. I have a, fr- uh, fa- a friend of mine whose family always says, bye, love you. Like, bye, love you, bye, love you. But, and to the point where, like, not coming from a family that says that, I'm like, are you guys, like, for real on this? Like, you, oh, bye, love you, bye, love Like, sometimes they sound mad, like, bye, love you. And it's like, do you love him? Like, you know, so I think I heard that, and I said, bye, love you. But I panicked because, like, only two weeks, I don't think I should be throwing the L out, word out, any, you know, so I came back with this. Love you like a sister. How? Oh. I don't know why I said that, but I said it. Oh. And I'm panicking. Like I, and so I came back with this response. I mean, a sister I would date. What? What do you, I wouldn't, but then I, I catch it again and I come back with this response. Wait, I wouldn't date my sister. It gets worse, guys. Because for some reason, I think I offended her. And I'm like, like I think I offended her like her, the way she looks, you know, because I'm not the biggest fan of the way my sister looks. I don't know. <laughs> I'm panicking in front of you guys. And, and so like for some reason, please don't judge me too much. Like don't send emails to Pastor Sean. This happened a long time ago, but then I said this. <laughs> if she looked like you, baby. I don't know why I said that. Why did I say that? I wouldn't date my sister or anyone that looked like my sister or if my sister looked like my girlfriend. And then I come back with this. No, Dallas, stop talking. Like it was really bad. And then she gives me this response here. <laughs> Just typing. It was kind of long. It was like, I, that's probably why I don't like text messages either, because sometimes the response can be like hours, but it's really minutes, but you're like, please just respond. And so like this conversation, like honestly, I said too much. I went too far, and I thought the relationship was done. Thankfully, it wasn't. I mean, at that moment, it did end later. I might have said some more dumb things. Um, but like this text message conversation, there's a lot of us who feel we've done too much. We've said too many wrong things. We've made too many mistakes, and now we're too far gone. And that's the title of my message today, if you're taking notes. My message is called, I'm too far gone. Can we pray? Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you so much for all these people here. Lord, people who I believe don't want to just sit in a chair and listen, but they want to take your message, your word that you've put on my heart, and I pray that they would run with it. They'd be encouraged by it, and they would, they would take it into their week, knowing with you you're, we're not too far gone. So be with us. Be with this message. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So Matthew chapter 14, uh, pastor went all the way up to verse 28 last week where Peter said, hey, you know, tell me to come. And, and I, if it's really you, you know, tell me to come. And then verse 29, it says, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Since being a Jesus person, like I've heard this this scripture, this story, so many times. Like I've heard, I've read it, I've heard it, I've heard so many different intakes on it and so many different uh, points of view on, you know, was it Jesus' fault, was it Peter's fault? You know, what about the other 11 disciples? They didn't do anything, they just watched. And I've heard so many different things. But when I look at this scripture in the mindset of thinking that we can never be who we want to be because of the mistakes we've made, the past we've hold on to, and the shortcomings we've been reminded of. If you're taking notes, there are a few things that I have taken away from this story that I think can help us when we are walking and living in the mindset of that we're too far gone. So if you're taking notes, number one is this. Peter did something out of the ordinary. See, like Pastor said last week, the disciples went out into the deep waters, which they didn't want to do. Because they thought, you know, that's where spirits and phantoms and ghosts were. And they think they see a ghost, but it's Jesus. And then Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. You see, I don't know if I would, like, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind. Like, if I saw Jesus walking on water, I wouldn't be like, hey, can I come? Like, I don't know if I would do that because that's not a normal thing for me. Like, that's not natural. You don't naturally walk on water. But here's what I love. Is Peter still asked because he asked a person who doesn't just live in the ordinary. He lives in the supernatural. He lives in the extraordinary. And I think for some of us, we feel too far gone because we've stayed in the ordinary every day and not tried something impossible. Meaning we haven't leaned on Jesus who can do all things. We've been so comfortable in our ordinary things. And I have to remind you, was Peter special? No, he was just an ordinary guy who made mistakes just like us. But he asked, can I try this? Can I go? Now for some of us, our walking on water moment may look different than actually walking on water. Like maybe there are things you'd like to do, but feel like you're, you've done too much to even try it or even consider it. Like for you, maybe you worshiping is your walking on water miracle. Like you actually lifting your hands, you actually singing aloud and people can hear you. Maybe that's a walking on water miracle for you. You being at church today, because some of you guys believe that like the, the place would burn down if you walked in. Hey, it didn't. Glad you're here. But for some of you, you think you coming to church, you being here right now is a walking on water miracle. Today after service, we're going to do baptisms. And some of you aren't prepared for it, but you're feeling like God is pushing you to go public with your faith. And that's going to be a walking on water miracle. Why? Because it's breaking away from what you normally do and you're trying something out of the ordinary. And here's why I love about this exchange. Jesus didn't remind him about his past. He didn't remind him about his mistakes or his shortcomings. 
All Jesus said when Peter wanted to do something out of the ordinary was yes, and he wants to say the same thing to us. God wants to say, yes, come. No matter what you tell yourself, Jesus will still say, yes, come. Here's number two. Peter was distracted and sank. The verse says, when when he saw the strong wind in the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. I don't know about you, but it's easy for me to get distracted. Like distractions come easy for me. But here's what we have to remember about distractions. They don't have to be our final destinations. Your distractions should be temporary. And if they're not temporary, they can lead to destruction. I mean, think about people who are driving and looking at their phones. You know they say that if you look at your phone driving 50 miles an hour, it's like driving through a football field with your eyes closed? Like, they're saying that because distractions are supposed to be temporary. They're supposed to be just a moment. But there are times that we do allow ourselves to live in our distractions. And we're going to make, here's what I mean by that. Because some of you guys, I'm saying, hey, I want you to take that step and do something out of the ordinary. But the reason we don't do that is because, well, if I do something out of the ordinary and I make a mistake, then why did I do this in the first place? And that is the reality. You're going to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. And sometimes there will be consequences for those mistakes. But we don't need to move in with our mistakes. We should grow and move from our mistakes. Lamentations 3 says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. See, God is saying, yes, I know you're going to make mistakes. I know you. I know you're going to mess up. But that doesn't mean you should walk away from what I'm calling you to do. God wants you to live out of your comfort and out of your ordinary. But here's what I know. He wants you to go past those past mistakes. He doesn't want you to go back to the way you used to do things. But the problem with having a too far gone mindset is we think we deserve to sink. We'll say things like, I shouldn't have gotten out of the boat. Or, or maybe, why did I even commit to that? Why did I say I was going to do that? Why did I say I'm going to sign up for that? Why did I scan that QR code? I'm just going to mess up. I deserve this. I, I, I messed up again. I should have stayed in what I'm comfortable with. I messed up and I deserve this, so I'll keep drowning. I know that sounds crazy, but for some of us, that is a real mindset because we're staying in relationships that we shouldn't. We're staying in addictions that God wants us to walk away from. We're staying in lifestyles that we're drowning in that's getting harder and harder to breathe, and God doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to do what Peter does next, which is number three. Peter shouted for help. See, Peter didn't try to handle the sinking on his own. Like Pastor said last week, it's believed that possibly they didn't know how to swim. So Peter wasn't trying to figure this out. He, he knew that this was too much for him. But the problem is that sometimes when we have that too far gone mindset, we think that we've got to do this on our own. That I got myself into this mess, I got to get myself out of this mess. And that's not what God wants. God wants us to respond the way Peter does. He wants us to make a shout for help. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares. I love that another translation says cast. And a cast is to throw off. 
to remove, to let go of. So give all your worries and your cares to God for he cares about you. See, God doesn't want some of your worries. He wants all of your worries. He wants all of your cares. Can I tell you, I have found more freedom from my stresses when I surrender them and not hold on to them. Like I have found that when I'm stressed about my marriage, I surrender to God in prayer and I seek counsel. I seek help to make my marriage better. When I'm stressed about my finances, I surrender to God in my tithe and offering. I know some of you guys, I wasn't even gonna do this, but I'm gonna do it. I know some of you guys are like, I wanna tithe, I wanna give an offering, but it's so hard, I'm stressed. And that's what God said, yes, trust me. Don't even, he doesn't even want all of it. He says, just trust me with 10% of it. Surrender and see what happens. See the freedom you'll have. Can I tell you one of the best blessings I have? Because Malachi says that he'll open the floodgates of blessings. You know what one of the best blessings I've ever received when I tithe? Is the blessing of peace. Oh, the high financial peace. I'll take that over a Corvette. I'm gonna just be real with you. I don't even want a Corvette. That's probably why I said Corvette. But like, I don't, like, I would take that over it. But when I, when I stress about my finances, and I haven't in a while, but I know I can, that's why I gotta keep surrendering. That's why, like, as soon as that paycheck comes, I'm, giving, I'm going online, I tithe. I tithe instantly, I just do. That's because I just wanna surrender to God and trust God with it. When I'm stressed about my work, I surrender to God and remind myself that he's called me to this season and to this place. God wants you to do more than just get a paycheck. Like he, he knows that your work ethic, that your punctuation, that your, you being on time and being a great worker is probably one of the best witnesses for your employees and for your, your managers. They'll see Jesus and your work ethic more than you wearing a t-shirt or putting something on the wall saying like, you know, turn or burn, baby. Like, like they'd, they will see Jesus more in the fact that you're five minutes early than you being five minutes late and saying, well, I'm sorry, I was praying for your soul. It's like, no, no, God's called you that season. And he doesn't want you to stress about your job. He wants you to surrender it to him and say, God, in this season, I'm trusting you with this. And you know, Peter could have like, when he's thinking, he could have said, why are you doing this? Why did you say yes? Like he could have like, this is him, you know. Why? You knew this was gonna happen. He could have done all that. And that's all natural. But it doesn't get us out of sinking. Peter asked Jesus to save him. He said, Lord, save me. And here's my favorite part, if you're taking notes, here's number four. Jesus came immediately. Immediately, I love that the scripture says that. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? See, Jesus was there the whole time. And I know some of us, we think the reason we're too far gone is because Jesus is too far gone. We think that Jesus has turned his back, he's turned away, he's not looking at me, he doesn't see anything in me like you do. No, he does. He's there, he hasn't turned his back on you. He's waiting, Revelation talks about it. Revelation 3.20 says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Here's what I love about Jesus. He will never force himself on you. The scripture doesn't say he kicks the door open and says, I'm here, come on. He never does that. But he'll knock and he'll wait and he'll hope that you say, save me, help me. 
I know I feel like I'm too far gone, but I was just told I'm not. So you know what? I'm here. Come in. Come into my life. I know there are people. I know there's places. I know there's things in your life that you may be too far gone from. That there's been mistakes and there's been consequences of the mistakes and you can't change those. But here's what I can tell you. You're never too far gone from Jesus. He's there. He's waiting. And it's interesting. I mean, the scripture doesn't say this, but I just imagine him going on the water, looking down, going, you ready? And when we look at the next scripture where it says, you have so little faith, why did you doubt me? We can look at that as, as like, ooh, he's being mean. He's, he's being so corrective. But the heart behind this isn't correction as much as I want to be with you. Why did you doubt me? Why did you lose faith in me? I know you can't do this, but I can do this in you. I can make you do the impossible. I can bring you freedom that your family told you you can't get freedom from. I can take away that addiction that you think you're gonna have for the rest of your life. I can take away that insecurities. Why are you doubting me? I want you to live above the pain, not in the pain. I want you to walk over the hurt, not in the hurt. I wanna free you. You just gotta trust me. You just gotta believe that I'm there. But here's the thing, we'll, we'll mess up. See, Jesus didn't say, where's your faith, buddy? Bye-bye. Like, he didn't do that. He grabs him. Then he says, oh, man, I wish you didn't lose faith in me. I wish you didn't give up. But, but I'm still here. Because I know we think we only got like three strikes with Jesus. But the scripture says when, again, Peter, how many times we should forget, forgive our neighbor? Seven times. He goes, no, 70 times seven. That's 490 times. 490 times a day. It's interesting because I, I just found out the number uh, 490 means perfect. So what is Jesus saying in that? He's saying, you know what? You won't be perfect, but I'm perfect. And I want to continue to forgive you and help you and be with you no matter what. He wants to be with us. We're not too far gone. I know some of you are here today and you're just visiting family and you're like, ah, I didn't want to hear this message, but God put this on my heart for you. You're not too far gone. I know you've done something probably hours before coming to service. You're not too far gone. I know you're thinking something. You're, you're probably being sarcastic on things. You're not too far gone. Jesus is saying, I, I'm here. But I can't force myself on you, but I'm gonna keep knocking. I'm gonna keep waiting in hopes that you say, yeah, come in. I want you to be a part of my life. I wanna end with this. Verse 32 says, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. See, the disciples saw something so powerful that they were convinced that Jesus was the Son of God, which means they maybe had doubts. Like maybe he's a good prophet, great teacher, but they saw something so powerful in Jesus that they're like, nope, no doubt about it, you are the Son of God. I gotta admit, when I think about this, I think about a friend I had. I got his permission, his name's Jason Townsend. <laughs> I wasn't gonna even say his name, but it's not even in my notes. 
But Jason, when I first met him, I was a very young believer. And I had this mindset that for me to win people to Jesus, which I don't win people to Jesus, Jesus wins, he saves, I just, I'm just called to give the good news. But for some reason I had this mindset of, if I can debate with you and I win the debate, you gotta give your life to Jesus. That's it, no, that's not it. That's actually terrible, it's actually probably pushed people away. But I, I'm trying to debate with Jesus, I mean, Jesus, Jason. But Jason was really good, he was raised in his Jesus home, so he actually had more answers than I did. He was actually better at debating than I was. So I was like, mm. And even though he had the knowledge, his lifestyle was totally different. My friend had a drinking problem. And when I say drinking problem, I mean he would drink, I'm not kidding, every single day. And he would get drunk every single day. He actually had a house uh, and, and across the street was this vacant lot and he would just throw his beer bottles and his cans, and I mean, it was mountains. And they were so proud of it, like, look at it. Look how great it is. Like, they loved the fact that they were just constantly littering, <laughs> but drinking. And so I was at a point where I was like, you know what, Jason is unsavable. He's too far gone. And I believed that until the day he wasn't. See, he made a deal with his mom. His mom said, hey, if you go to this camp, I'll buy something, I don't know, for your guitar or something like that. And he was like, okay. Like, so he did it. And he heard a message that compelled him to make a decision that led him to a total life transformation. He called me and he goes, hey bro, I just gave my life to Jesus. And I'm like, cool. I didn't believe it at first because he had the knowledge. He's like, yeah, I'm not gonna drink anymore. Like, I'm done. I'm like, okay. I had a hard time believing it at first until I saw a man who made Jesus the center of his life. I saw it in his words, I saw it in his actions. He lost friends because they're like, nope, you don't wanna party, cool. And, you, and I'm so glad that God revealed that to me. I'm so glad that God gave that story because up until that point, I thought God was just this powerful, this gracious this overcoming. But when he showed me that he can even save and he can even transform and he can even change the unsavable, the too far gone, man, it reminded me of how powerful God is. That God is so powerful, he is so loving, he is so gracious, he's so merciful. That even though we've made mistake after mistake after mistake, God still says, as soon as you welcome me in, I'll immediately come. As soon as you shout, save me, I'm gonna be there to grab you. Because I wanna be with you. I don't want you to just know about me. I, I wanna be in your life. I wanna have a relationship with you. I know some of us are looking and we're thinking about all these things in our past and we're going, but I feel like this is too much. It might be too much for others, but it's not too much for God. Can I have you bow your heads? That's the beauty of salvation. Salvation is literally letting go and letting God. It's saying, God, you know what? I can't, but you can, so I'm gonna let you. It's literally saying, I'm giving it all to you. I'm not holding on, I'm not doing this myself. I'm not too far gone for your salvation. It's accepting the gift of a man who lived a sinless life 
who did many miraculous things, still went to the cross, still went and did something he didn't want to do at first, but God told him to do. And he made a sacrifice that didn't just affect the people of that day, but it affects everyone, everywhere, for the end of time. And he did that so it could be available for you, even when you think you're too far gone. So with everyone's head bowed, eyes closed, we're just gonna do one of two things. If you're in here and you're saying, you know what, I, I've never done that. I've never had a, a relationship with Jesus. I've never done that. I've never made him my Lord, meaning I'm giving him control. I'm gonna make him the center of my life and savior, meaning I'm not holding on to my sin. I'm not holding on to my shame. I'm not holding on to my past, but I'm surrendered to him and believing what he did will save me of my sins. We're gonna do one of two things. I'm just gonna have you lift up your hand and look at me and then as a church together, we're just gonna say this prayer. So if that's you, if you wanna start your relationship with Jesus, you wanna stop believing you're too far gone to have a relationship with him, you wanna do that right now. Can I just have you lift up your hand and look at me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love it, I love it. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Did I miss anyone? Love that. Can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Make me new. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you say that for the very first time, one, I'm super excited for you. That you have started what we call our Jesus journey. That you, are, you have made Jesus the center of your life, and this is just step one, that's why we call it a journey. And we wanna help you on this journey. We wanna help you to get from where you are to where God wants you to be. And, and we know that some of those things is just getting the Bible. Like just getting the word of God in your life. And if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. In fact, if you grab the Bible and you wanna keep it, keep it. It's, very, it's free. But I'd also say go to our Welcome Center. Because in our Welcome Center, we have these devotionals. And they're just, it's, it's a, stop. We, uh, we have these devotionals that have scripture and have a story that's added to it. It's, and here's what it is. It's just a verse, two verses, a couple verses, and, and that's it. And then uh, I would love for you to start your prayer, like just talking to God. Sometimes we try to make prayer like this big thing, and the Lord's Prayer is great, but it's just a template to help us understand how to talk to God. And then we'd love for you to find a church. Now, some of you guys, you might be visiting. And I would love to help. In fact, if you want to email Dallas at Life Church GB and say, hey, I, I'm not from Wisconsin, I'm not from Green Bay, but I'd love to find a church like Life Church, I'd love to help search for you. But if you are from here and you're saying, you know what, man, you kind of weirded me out with a text joke, like, I don't know if this is a church for me. I get that. We do believe we're a church for anybody, but not everybody. So if this isn't like your fit, that's fine, but there's other churches. Here's what you can't do. You can't say, I didn't like life church, so I'm not going to church. Like, that's not how it's supposed to go. It's supposed to be a thing, okay, I didn't go, there, so I'm gonna try to, because you gotta be around a, a body of believers who wanna help you grow, who wanna help you mature. Also, I'm, I'm gonna challenge some of you guys who've made that decision. You didn't come prepared for this, but after service, we're gonna do baptisms. We'd love to give you a t-shirt, love to give you a towel you wanna borrow. And I'm, I'd be honored to help you get baptized today if you wanna do that. And what baptism is, 
is just going public with your faith. What I just did, I want other people to know that I'm dying to myself and coming alive in Jesus. Can I have you bow your heads one more time? Maybe you're here and you're saying, you know, you are a Jesus person, but I felt as if I'm, I'm not good enough to do and see what other Jesus people do. That I'm not good enough to serve, I'm not good enough to worship, I'm not good enough to any of that, but I don't wanna believe that anymore. And just like Jesus says, I'm not, I'm, I'm not too far gone from him, I'm not too far gone to be called to do greater things. If that's you, can I just have you raise your hands so I can pray with you? Love it, Lord. Jesus, I pray for these hands right now. I pray, Jesus, Lord, that they would be more than just people who sit in a chair. But Lord, I believe you're calling the people to do more. Lord, more than, than what happens in this room, more than happens just once a week. I pray you call them to, to go beyond. Lord, because I know their testimony, their story is gonna be something that will help others realizing, well, I thought I was too far gone, but I see what God can do in, in that person. Maybe he could do that in me. So Lord, I pray you would call these people to go beyond the ordinary and do something great for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew on That. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.